warning, this movie does deal with self-harm, suicide, uh, sexual language, or was that just strong language, um, and, and some other stuff we'll be talking about. So, I mean, it's rated R. So, trigger warning. In a world where you donated your hard-earned to help support mental health awareness, there was Borderline Idealist Movie Night with Chris and AJ. Whoa, whoa, calm down, girls. We always get that response when I say AJ. Hello guys and welcome to the first Borderline Idealist miniseries. Oh, yeah, miniseries. Well, this is not our, our first one. We had the board, um, the Better Than Depression. That's uh, right. But this is our, our second one, and and you know, of course, it's just for our patrons. So we do thank you uh, for your donation um, and uh, support. Yes. So we're not calling this a movie review. We're calling it a movie night. Movie night. Word on idealist. <laughs> Movie night. So we just dived into where's that DVD? Chris, it was right here. Um, Girl Interrupted. Um, I had watched this movie a little um, bit before in the past. I, a I, little I, bit, as in you've never seen the whole thing. I, I'm, I, I, I'm just saying I don't remember everything about. It. Just sort of, I remember uh, parts of it. Yeah, yeah, just like little mm-hmm. parts, especially um, when that girl, um, well, I guess we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but I never knew that Susanna, the main character, had borderline personality disorder. This was before I was diagnosed, definitely. Um, when was this movie released? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. I think it... So I've seen this movie at least 20 times because okay, so... I am very open and I was very interested in mental illness before AJ Yeah, so around. Chris had this movie on his DVD stand, but he's never seen it. <laughs> so It was still shrink-wrapped. Shrink <laughs> oh, I got it at a yard sale and I was like, ooh, I heard this got a, like an Oscar or something, some award. I was like, I'm going to see it. And I never got around to seeing it. Yeah, it's um, 1999. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really famous for uh, Angelina Jolie winning uh, her first Academy Award for uh, Supporting Actress and the Golden Globe. Right. That's what, I mean, I remember hearing a lot about it. I, I remember the first time I knew about this movie was because somebody mentioned it in regards to Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was around the time that she was kissing her brother. And Do you remember uh, that? Like, she was doing all this crazy stuff. She was like I a like, young kid. I know about that, but I wasn't aware of it at the time. Just, I'd never really followed Hollywood and pop culture that much. Mm. It's, it's the same with every Miley Cyrus, Drew, um, Drew Barrymore. Like, when they're young, they're just kind of crazy. And then, you know, look at Angelina now, you know? Mm. You know I know? United Nations. Uh, okay. Uh, woman of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we want to uh, dive into some clips that we found uh, that are Im- important to the movie uh, to discuss it. And hopefully you've seen the movie before. If you haven't, uh, let's give it like a quick synopsis. So, uh, there's a young lady by the name of Susanna. I'm going to say she's in her 20s. Early. Early 20s. Yeah, early 20s. And she ends up uh, being committed to a psychiatric hospital in the 60s. 
uh, where you can uh, smoke cigarettes inside uh, the facility. Um, and what, what else are they doing? They're going to each other's rooms and closing the doors. Closing Do, doors. Um, yeah, it, having oh. unsupervised visitors. Yeah, I, I mean, oh. it was cool. All the time. 60s, free love, man. Um, so, But she gets committed uh, and... It starts off with she's very confused. It's like she's um, she's losing time. She says she feels very confused about her state. Um, I take it as sort of um, losing her sanity. her identity or, or yeah. She thinks that she's losing her sanity. It's uh, very and, disorienting. And uh, after being at the hospital, a doctor diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder. Uh, and that's that's kind a of that's real kind of, psychi- a real psychiatrist. It's kind of a funny a funny or psychologist, uh, clip. Or rather, that's what, kind of yeah. a funny part when he tells them about that. Uh, and so her it's about her adventures or misadventures or uh, uh, journey with these other women that are staying in this mental hospital. And I, I believe it's how she uh, how it how it affected her. In the past, which this is like her past, and then how um, how it affected her in her future. I see this as like a. Um, it kind of reminds me of me when I was in in a mental hospital. It was around like the the same mm. two years when I was like going back and forth, and sometimes I would like see the same people and be like, "Hey, welcome back," you know, <laughs> you know. It's like it comes. It's like that. While you're staying, yeah. The and some of these people, like they're yeah, they tell you not to make friends, don't get each other's numbers. You know, don't get any sort of emails. You're all trying to heal. You know, we're like okay, and then of course I make all friends and stuff, and you know, I it's mean, just it, it, it's hard because you feel like you're finally being accepted. That's how I felt. I felt like I, I was finally being accepted, and I think that's what Susanna kind of feels like she she may have found her like people. Yeah. yeah, because they're they're um, unique and you know not normal. <laughs> uh, but she, I think in the end, she realizes how how beautiful everyone is. Do you want to say anything uh, about the synopsis before we go into the first clip, Chris? Well... Don't take your time, just... You know. I mean, you kind of gave it all away now, so... Oh, so I... There's not much to it. Don't feel free to... Don't even bother watching it. Okay, so why are you even here? Like... <laughs> Alright, you ready for the first clip? Um, sure. Alright, so this is the beginning when Chris, if you remember, Susanna was sitting um, with her with her dad's friend, and uh, her dad's friend had asked him to come and and talk to her because it seems like she was in distress. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to this clip and and see what happens, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Okay. Okay. All right, baby. Are you stoned? Do you smoke pot? Take LSD? No drugs. What do you feel right now? I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling. need a rest. I'll go home, take a nap. No, no. You need to go somewhere where you can get a genuine rest. And you're very lucky. 
the best place in the world for someone like you is less than a half an hour from here. You don't mean Claymore. Susanna, four days ago, you chased a bottle of aspirin with a bottle of vodka. I had a headache. Susanna, your father is a friend of mine. He's a colleague. He asked me to see you, even though I, I don't do this anymore. You're hurting everyone around you. Claymore is a, a top-notch place. A lot of people go there. Even writers, like you. Uh, yes, I'd like a cab at 1240 Milford, please. My mother's here. It'll be less emotional if we do it this way. Your parents and I have talked about it. The nerve of that doctor. Like, I, he was an asshole. You know, I did not like when he said, you You're know, hurting you're, everyone. Yeah, you're hurting everyone around you. I mean, really? Are you sure you weren't disbarred? You're not just retired? I mean, maybe that's why he said he doesn't practice anymore. <laughs> well, to me, it seems like um, her parents, uh, her father, would get somebody close to the family that would keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, before this part, in the beginning of the movie, uh, time was like jumping around for Susanna. I think she was at the graduation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like sleeping at the graduation. Her dad was like, oh, she's pulling some kind of stunt. Uh, and then you hear someone saying, Susanna, Susanna. And then she wakes up and then she's talking to the, the doctor. So it keeps like going back and forth, and she says that she's aware of this and says that she's losing time, but it's, mm-hmm. it's flashbacks for us. Yeah, this is actually that was one of the my favorite parts of the film, and just from strict um, um, cinematography point of view, where just how they cut the scenes to make it look like it, it time is slipping by, like she's she's it's totally disorienting and you can kind of get a sense of what it may be like in her head because you're kind of you're seeing the world her world through her eyes and how disorienting it can be by waking up into a place in the middle of a conversation like I can only imagine her feeling like that I think that's what it was meant to be I think yeah I I feel like maybe she's she's daydreaming kind of lucid yeah it feels like she's going through life in a lucid state, yeah. like she, maybe drugged up or, you know, I mean, or her psychologically not. She even that. says that she doesn't know um, how she's feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't know if she's sad, happy, but, you know, it did seem like she tried to, to kill herself. Um, but, oh, yes, also in the, uh, before that, we saw that she uh, was sleeping with a, a married man, right? Mm-hmm. He came up to her room and she was like, oh no, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that again. And so that was another kind of cussing, just a little snippet of her life. So it all leads up to, you know, her father's friend getting her committed to the mental hospital. Um, And even how, you know, she's like, my parents are here. You know, he's just like, eh, you know. 
you just need to rest. So I, I, I would say that he, he has her best intentions in mind. I would agree that a mental hospital is probably the best place for her to be, especially if she's trying to kill herself. I don't know how many times she has, but it, it seems like she, she needs help in some, some way, maybe talking to a therapist, um, you know, um, a medicine, uh, but I, I guess well, you could talk. You can totally tell that that doctor was not really equipped to handle, you know, to understand and help her. Hmm. Like you could tell from the very beginning. But also, I mean, I don't, I don't know if she really did want to commit suicide. You know, I we've, I, I've read about how most people don't actually try to commit suicide. They are like, you know, seeking help, attention because they can't deal with their problems or maybe she was just trying to sleep, you know, and she was just, because she wasn't in her right mind, she just kind of was like, well, I need to, I want to sleep extra long, so let me just take this whole bottle. Well, I don't know. I think it's like, uh, you know, one of the symptoms of BPD is suicidal ideation. So I can only imagine that she's undiagnosed with BPD, um, not talking to a therapist, um, impulsive, you know, in her, her sexual life. So she probably has a lot of suicidal ideation. So, I mean, there have been times where I take my, um, where I've been like really depressed. I'm taking, you know, a sleeping pill or my medicine. I'm just like, I should just go on and go up all these down. And I've done that one time, you know, while I was at my parents' house, I took all, um, all my medicine. And then I was like, Oh God, I really don't want to die. <laughs> so I had to go downstairs and tell my parents. And of course, you know, my dad accused me of, you know, just wanting attention and, and, and stuff. And yeah, he, uh, he pushed me down at the toilet and said, vomit and stuff. And I started, um, hitting my head, banging my head against the wall really hard. Cause I, and it, it wasn't because I, I wanted to die. It's because the, the, the pain hurt so much that, you know, there's, you do something impulsive. Yeah. I, I, I need something to, to end it right now. I don't want to die, but it, there's always a negative connotation when people say you want attention, mm-hmm. but I believe you know you do you do want help. I don't think that anybody anybody in their right mind you know wants to die. You know I think everybody wants to live. Even those people that um, you know have uh, a really bad illness and then you know they want to if, if the illness was gone they would want to be alive. But they're in so much pain from the illness they want to you want to die. So I don't know. I think. You know, you have to get down to a certain place, a, a really depressed, sad place to commit suicide. You know, just sort of get all kind of optimism out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it's because, you know, she may have been having a lot of suicidal ideation. And, you know, just might have been like, well, I guess I'll take some more. It sounds like she's, she was trying to self-medicate and maybe she medicated too much or... It's kind of ambiguous, but I would mm-hmm. say probably like it, it, it alludes to suicidal ideation. Mm. So, uh, Chrissy, do you want to talk about anything else in this clip? Mm. No. So we're uh, we're heading on to the the mental hospital. Yes. Well, follow me. Let's Wee. meet Angelina Jolie, whose name is Lisa in the movie. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Lisa. All right. Um. One thing that I did want to do. Oh, oh, now you okay? Sure. One thing on. that just um, I I see here in my notes was the how, you know, at the very end there where he, the doctor calls for a for a a taxi to take her off, mm-hmm. that 
you see there's a, a small clip where you see her mom sitting outside in the in a car looking at her daughter as she's being driven away and and that just kind of it made me think of I don't know it made me feel really weird about her parents because in a way I felt like they were trying to help her but at the same time it was well, like they were like trying to do it from a distance because they didn't want to be my they didn't want their reputation to be involved or ruined it, um my uh, doctor was telling me that you know you develop um, BPD um, and it, it comes from like inconsistent parent parenting hmm. um, like you're either like given a whole bunch of stuff or at sometimes they're not acknowledging your emotions and what you could tell about Susanna was uh, do you remember the Kennedy I think there was a Kennedy mm-hmm. sign so they were uh, they were Democrats it seemed like they were pretty well off right mm-hmm. it, uh, pretty well off but it didn't seem like uh, even at the at the party, it seemed like oh, meet my daughter, meet my daughter. It wasn't really like emotional. Um, it seems like they, they, yeah, and you know, her mom is just kind of being uh, melodramatic mm-hmm. a little bit, and the dad is probably, um, and we'll see that in the the other episode, um, the other uh, clip when she gets diagnosed. Um, but I guess the dad is like kind of like logical, and that kind of reminds me of. of my parents and I think that's why it was kind of weird getting raised by them mm-hmm. how it was kind of inconsistent because my dad was very logical and really didn't give too much emotion in that way and then my mom would uh, and I was also like pitted against my parents too by by each one <laughs> by mm-hmm. each of my parents do this and you know um, so yeah um, did, did you want to say anything else Chris? No I'm done let's okay well next let's clip. Oh, okay. so this one is um, this next clip deals with uh, being a lifer in the the mental hospital. Mm. Let's listen to this. That girl, Polly, how did she get off? When she was 10, her mother told her that she had to give away her puppy because he was giving her a rash. And so Polly went found her father's gas can and she poured it all over where she was getting the rash and then she lit a match well, what about you? why are you here? Sudologia Fantastic I am also a pathological liar because that that wasn't the lifer one that that's that's going to be the next next clip. But I was you know I was just I was setting it up. So excited about it. Set setting it up. So this is after Susanna uh, gets committed to the mental hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, She sees Lisa um, being escorted in by the the police. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Right before we just jump into that, I want to just describe a little bit of the the cinematography as well. Similar to how they use the time warping and it's cutting in the intro of the film, they kind of do something similar here when Lisa is walking around the ward, and how 
the just the the, the way that they were recording uh, the people interacting it it seemed like a very scary place and a disorienting place. Oh, how they were reacting to her? Right. As she was walking around and other people interacting with everybody else. And, like, you could see just her dreading being in, walking into that space and being like, oh my God, I don't belong here. Type of feeling. Yeah. Um, From from Lisa? Uh, Lisa or or Susanna? Susanna was feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't belong here. Okay, yeah. Sort of looking around. And um, seeing everybody else. Yeah, and Mercy sees the, the girl that, um, that they're talking about this clip with the burned face mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure she's just like oh gosh where, where am I uh, this is her first time in a mental hospital so I'm sure she doesn't know what to expect and I, I think that she's always questioning herself do I belong here mm-hmm. um, she, and she's always she always has this question am I crazy mm-hmm. which I, um, which like kind of goes along with the movie you know uh, how how crazy is crazy you know are, are, are the people that we call crazy or insane really you know crazy um and insane or do they just have um something that that happened to them I guess. right i so, feel like the term crazy is oversimplifying something mm-hmm. that's more complex and gray and so this movie does a really good job about that and in, in saying you know and in, in, in towards the end even but um i was gonna say have have you did you identify with that feeling that, that I got like when I was when that first scene was introducing her to the ward about feeling like like you didn't belong there like these people were crazy or like worse off than me um, was it like disorienting my first time yeah your first or any of the other many times that you've gone um, well I mean <laughs> I, I think the, the first time was disorienting because you know of course they're you have to have a roommate and then being classes with people and they take away your cell phone and you're walking around in socks and then people give you medicine on time, which is a lot of the stuff that they, they do here. It looks like they're walking around their PJs, kind of, or... Um, mm-hmm. I, are they in their, their PJs or like in... in Some of them have like those uh, medical gowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of sitting around in the... You know, that's that's what you know we would do, just kind of sit around in the, the lounge part wait for them to call medicine and everybody rushes up and gets in the line they call the different people and um so yeah i mean I, of course i i felt kind of disoriented but you know when i came back of course there were some people that were there um before and are always there you know that that know even the nurses there more than i do because they um i don't know if that that's exactly a lifer mm. but that that kind of does uh go along with the the next clip you know mm. people that are um, how how Lisa feels about psychology and and people that are constantly in a mental hospital, um, but I, I do like this clip about the the liar because uh, they set it up great. You know, they tell you the story about everything you believe it, <laughs> and then she's just yeah. like, "Oh, fantastica, I'm a liar." So you're just like, "Oh God, I mean, I can't even trust you." And that's my roommate. But you know, when she told that story, I did actually believe that she was telling the truth mm-hmm. because maybe it just sounded too crazy to be a lie. But uh, you know, throughout the the movie, it was never explained again. So that's the only explanation that we we have. I don't really know how, I don't really know too much about, um, pathological liars. I don't think, I don't, well, maybe I have met them. Um, but I, uh, I didn't know if she, what kind of treatment she was on or, you know, if, um, 
she was in recovery, you know, but she said, you know, that's what I'm, I'm diagnosed with. So, um, that was an interesting part, kind of a, an LOL, like, oh gosh, who can I trust here? Because someone's going to tell me something the next, you know, they're going to be like, Hey, how are you? And then the next thing they're going to say is something, you know, totally out of left field or, you know, so I, I you know, it kind of makes Susanna worry, um, wonder about the, the people here and how she's going to fit in, um, where she's going to fit in. And she's already um, noticed Lisa. So um, I think she can kind of see the, the hierarchy or how the girls react to, to Lisa. Mm-hmm. So she's just trying to get her, her footing. And yeah, I like this, this part because it just explores one of the other characters and um, tells you what they're, they're dealing with. Yeah. You ready for that lifer? <laughs> this is one. This, this is the one. I'm not lying this time. All right, let's do the life for a clip. Create a fucking industry. You lie down, you confess your secrets, and you're saved. Ka-ching! Well, the more you confess, the more they think about setting you free. But what if you don't have a secret? Then you're a lifer like me. So I wanted to include this, this little clip I played, <laughs> I played it for Chris, and Chris is like, wait, wait, play it again. <laughs> like, hmm, what is... I, I just thought it was interesting that uh, she says that she's a lifer, says that she's somebody that basically comes back to the mental hospital and is put in there um, numerous times and will be for the rest of her life. Um, and in, And she's talking about uh, Freudian um, psychology you know you con- you confess your, your secrets and the more that you tell them um, the more that you get out I can kind of um, definitely get behind that you know if you tell the people in the mental hospital I'm feeling better everything that they want to hear if they believe you then you're getting out if not they're going to make you stay longer you know, if you stay in your bed and just sleep all the time and don't come out to the classes or something, they're going to make you stay longer. You know, if you don't take your medicine, they're going to make you stay longer, you know, because mm-hmm. you're, you're in their, their care. So I can definitely see that. But um, Lisa calling herself a lifer makes me seem, uh, makes it, seemed to me that she enjoys being in the mental hospital and she kind of enjoys the the game of cat and mouse because this isn't the first time that she's been brought you know ran away and then brought back to to this mental hospital mm-hmm. she knows the girls here um and even when she came back she was looking for another girl who had been there do you remember that chris mm-hmm. another girl i can't remember her name she was looking for another girl who had been there but i believe she killed herself um so, I'm not so sure she, maybe, I'm not mm-hmm. sure maybe if she enjoys being in there as much as that maybe that's her familiar. Well, she feels like she. I, I feel like Lisa. Lisa feels like she is the queen bee of that place. She can go into anyone's room or or get stuff from anyone. Um, there's there's a part in the movie where they're sitting down in the the lobby, and she goes up to the old lady and gets a cigarette mm-hmm. and then 
No, no, she goes up to the old lady and um, blows smoke on the old lady's face, and the old lady doesn't blink or anything. And so after Lisa leaves, Susanna sits down. She's smoking her cigarette. She she decides to blow smoke in the lady's face, and then she looks. The lady looks at her and says, "Asshole, do you yeah, remember that or yeah. something like that?" So that with me was like perfect. People, you know, even when she was going by some of the patients, Lisa would like rub them on the head, and they're like, "Hmm," you know. She is a queen bee. She, I think that she really does like being a lifer there because it's somewhere. She belongs, and well, that's what I mean. Yeah, that be, oh. she because she feels like she belongs. Mm-hmm. She feels like that's her home. Mm-hmm. So it, maybe it's not necessarily because she. There are some things that she doesn't like about that place, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why she's trying to escape. But because she feels like home, she doesn't mind being there. Like she, in a way, it kind of does make her feel like. Like you said, she's the queen bee, so she's so she knows more than anything is anyone else, and that's sort of that's one of the things about her character that kind of stood out to me was that as she was talking to Lisa, she's the only per- character in, in the movie that kind of made you really question whether she was right, like whether her perception of things was right, that um, those people were drugging you because they wanted to keep you there, and they're like they're. Um, like there, she made you question whether the medicine that they were giving you was for your for your own good or just to keep you there, you know. Um, and like questioning her Lisa's perception of what was good and bad, whether actually her 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 being in her quote unquote natural state, as in without medicine, was actually for the better for her because yeah. it made her more aware. Which is all things that that I'm sure everybody. Um, who has been diagnosed, you know, thinks about, which is, you know, the reason why I get off my medicine sometimes, Chris. I'm just like, I'm better. I don't need this. <sighs> you know, she's like the devil on your shoulder being like, you're fine. This is normal. Look at me. I'm normal too. You know, um, I believe that she says that she's a sociopath. And one of the girls says, Lisa thinks she's special because she's a sociopath. Mm-hmm. I think that's in a, um, a later clip. And so, yeah, she. I think that she enjoys even the police finding her and then bringing her back mm-hmm. i think she just enjoys the attention um because it feels like somebody cares about her mm-hmm. and people care about her and um she's you also kind of get the feeling that she's one of those popular girls that everybody wants to be their friend or mm-hmm. everybody wants to impress or like mm-hmm. And if she says something, if she, there's, she even like hits one of the girls. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? When she says something, the girl doesn't hit her back or nothing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she, I think she really enjoys that, that power. Um, but uh, what do you, what do you, what do you think about her saying there's a, a secret? You know, if you have a secret um, to reveal, what do you think? Susanna's secret is Susanna said that she doesn't feel like she has a secret hmm. I guess I kind of take that for a metaphor as um, when you say secret maybe she's talking about a, a actually it's like a big trauma maybe a big trauma mm-hmm. or a little trauma um, something that something that may have happened to you that that you noticed um, was really negative and, and, and defined your life a little bit or, or influenced your life a little bit mm-hmm. Um, so I think she's saying if you're, if you are honest with the doctors and you get good care and tell them what is really bothering you and you let them help you find out what's bothering, bothering you and you get better, you know, you're telling them all the secrets of your mind 
what's going on. Um, and I, I feel like she's saying, you know, it's not it's not fair to you. You shouldn't, you know, maybe you shouldn't give away your secrets. They're just doing this for money. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're telling you you're crazy for money. That's all they want. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the devil on your shoulder. I mean, it's all the stuff that, you know, I've thought, you know. I think I've even said that to you, Chris. Like, how do I know? Um, oh, yeah, when I took my, my Wellbutrin, uh, when I was taking it at a lower dose, I really didn't feel anything. Um, and the first day that I took it um, at a higher dose, I told you that I felt high. Remember that? I felt like a little a little high or a little mm-hmm. airy in my head. And I felt the same way when I started mm-hmm. taking Effexor. Uh, but then I also started thinking differently. And I wasn't thinking about, you know, suicide or sadness all the time. I, I, I just wasn't thinking about it. I was, I guess, um, I guess not thinking more positively, just not thinking about it or being motivated to actually get up and, and, and do stuff or try to move forward or, or examine myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I kind of discussed it with you. You know, I, I, I guess when I start taking all this medicine, I wonder about who I was before and why that was so bad. You know, and all I can do is just, I can remember, but I can't really remember who I was. And after I got high from that medicine, my mind changed, my, my chemistry changed. So am I really me or I'm just becoming what other people want me to become? And, you know, I think it's normal to kind of think about that kind of stuff. I mean, in the end, my my mind is healthier because I'm able to, to exist and not you know, worry or be depressed. My life is threatened by myself. Um, and if that was my natural state, I I would have a harder time. Um, but I guess I, I also uh, feel like, man, there are people that are undiagnosed with BPD and they do it. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, see, that that's where Lisa gets me. It makes you think about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, the answer for me is, you know, I'm happy with med- um, medicine because I, I've play this game of being on and off it, on and off it, and I can remember clearly being on it and off it. I can't, I can't, I guess, remember how my mind really was, I guess, like how I was thinking that, but I can remember how, how bad it was and how it affected you, and then how you let me um, know how it was doing. You got anything else to say, Chris? We're ready for the, the next, next clip. clip. All right, let's move on. I was changing her diaper and I turned to get the powder and while my back was turned, she rolled off the bed. She rolled off the bed and broke her leg. And the doctor put her in a body cast, but he also strapped her down. Annette, this has nothing to do. Never tell me this. Carl had been planning this trip to Santa Monica, but he had a commitment at Rand. So we, we took her with us. On the back seat, strapped to this board, 4,000 uh, miles. If you like, Mrs. Kaysen, we can discuss this uh, further on the way out, but... Um... Just how long is my daughter going to be here? With all due respect, Mr. Kaysen, psychiatry and economics are, uh, are different. The length of Susanna's stay isn't fixed. Uh, it depends on her response to uh, treatment. For what? Depression? Look, it's almost Christmas. What are we supposed to say to the people back home who care about her? You see, Melvin, what's going on here is my parents are having a little holiday cocktail Christmas party crisis. Susanna! What? 
So what is this borderline business you mentioned on the phone? Oh, look, um, I don't think that's useful to Susanna. I mean, not... Uh, what borderline business? See, the, the mind... Borderline what? Is the Borderline between what and what? Melvin. It's a condition, Susanna, and it's called borderline personality disorder. It's not uncommon, especially among young women. What causes it? We're, we're really not sure. Is it genetic? Oh, Christ. It is five times more common among those with a borderline parent. I, I can't do this. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't do this. So... This, the, the mom here reminds me of my mom. Very <laughs> dramatic, me, um, melodramatic. You know, it might, I like how it starts with the story. She's like, it might be because of this. It's something I did, you know? <laughs> and her dad's just like, um, you know, how long is she going to be in here? What is she here for? Um, that kind of sounds like my dad. Uh, when I mean, when I first went to the mental hospital, I've only seen my dad cry maybe like two times when his father died at, at the funeral. And when I went to the mental hospital the first time I tried to kill myself, um, I saw him cry. And the other three times, um, I went, it was about money, how much money I'm wasting going in there. Um, I'm looking for attention. Uh, if I really wanted to kill myself, you know, I wouldn't go across, I would go, you know, down down the vein that I really don't want to kill myself. Um, yeah. Time, well, what are you doing in here? Everybody has problems, as my dad still kind of says to me. Everybody, you know, uh, you know, I told him, you know, about BPD, all the symptoms. He's like, yeah, that's just what people deal with. So, you know, you can see how, <laughs> you can kind of see the dysfunction of, of the parents. Uh, I like how he's, um, the doctor says, he, you know, kind of slowly, it could be you know gen, you know genetics and, and then the and my mom's like i can't do this she's like okay she's the one <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> i just thought that was kind of funny but i yeah you can i i identify with that because i i think i can see the 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 difference in the the parenting uh, style and you know, even how Susanna says, oh, whatever, they care about a cocktail party more than they do my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, the borderline personality disorder, when the mom brought it up, I thought it was kind of odd that he mentioned it to the parents and then didn't want to say anything in front of her and tell her what he had diagnosed her with, right? Yeah, that's one thing that I wrote down in my notes here was that he went behind the patient's back and talked to her parents about something that he thought maybe could be, uh, you know, her diagnosis without even talking to her first or even mentioning borderline to her, even though she self-committed herself in there. Like, she's an adult and she signed herself in to the hospital but yet they don't trust her to talk to her about her own condition and they expect her to get better how if not if, like if you don't talk to them the patient about their condition how are they supposed to get better i, I don't know if it, 
it was he didn't want to it seemed like he didn't want to worry her or but everybody at the hospital had a had a diagnosis or had a um some kind of idea of i guess what they were dealing with mm-hmm. and it, yeah it just seemed kind of weird uh i i don't think any part earlier in the movie we saw her like talking to that doctor right yeah so i don't know i don't know if he just got that from you know it had to be from what what she had told him i, I believe I, I don't know how else he could get to that conclusion other than talking to the the patient so i i'll just right it does seem it 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 does seem like it was implied that that was his her psychologist mm-hmm. who she'd been seeing this since she went into the hospital we don't ever see any other interactions besides these this point here, but it does allude to that in my mind. So it was weird that it, he wasn't talking with her. They didn't really explain, in this clip, they didn't uh, explain the, the symptoms of borderline personality disorder or what it, mm-hmm. what it really encompassed. They just sort of said... I like what you said. Borderline what? Like that that was my first question. This um my doctor was like, you know, you should um I think you might have something called borderline personality disorder. That's like board borderline, like on the borderline of of what? Like what am what am I on the border of? Being crazy? That's what it sounds like. I'm on the border of going insane. I'm on the mm-hmm. you know, borderline of um Oh. Mm-hmm. Roll the credits. Borderline <laughs> borderline <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought that was that was interesting um, the way that she she reacted to that because that that's a <laughs> that's a lot of what I said. Borderline what? Well, I can um, understand her, the frustration, especially if she's been there for a couple of weeks or months, and she's been talking to a psychologist and she d- doesn't have any idea of what's going on. She still doesn't. She still hasn't been informed of what could possibly be wrong. I mean, not. Not that we've seen going for, I mean, uh, up to this point in the movie, we haven't seen anything else about BPD or her symptoms. Right. But l- later on, they do go into it, but her by herself. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I think with this uh, with this uh, scene, it was more to establish the, the 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 role that the parents have been playing in her life and the dynamics between the family. Also. Yeah, I mean, it was very obvious. That they were definitely contrasting the parents' characters between themselves and then the child. Mm-hmm. All right. Ready to move on, Chris? You got anything else to say? Mm-mm. Okay. Moving on. Borderline personality disorder. An instability of self-image, relationships, and mood. Uncertainty about goals, impulsive activities that are self-damaging, such as casual sex. I like that. Social contrariness and a generally pessimistic attitude are often observed. Oh, that's me. Yep, that's Ajani. Yep, that's that's definitely me. That's um like it, this reminds me of when my my psychologist was like after he saw me a few times. The most recent one. The, no, oh, okay. no, the the one that I was seeing in college that diagnosed me. Oh. I had some, um, seen him a couple of times, and I talked to him about my relationships, um, relationships with my, my parents and relationships that I had been in stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said, I believe that, you know, it sounds like you have borderline personality disorder. 
Um, and so he um, gave me some stuff to look up um, and said, you know, you know, take a look at it. And then, you know, if you agree with it, you know, uh, we can talk about it when you come back, which I, I told my psychologist this time um, about that. And she was like, wow, that's a weird way to diagnose you. And I was just like, wait, how, how else do they do it? <laughs> like, how, how else do you get diagnosed? Like, they, they have a conversation. I mean, I, I, I felt like it was, it was a nice way to kind of diagnose me because when, and I think this is for everybody with BPD, um, the doctor sees it in you and, you know, tells you the symptoms or you read the symptoms. Um, that's what you end with. Oh God, that's, that's me, you know? And I think... Uh, BPD is a, there are a certain number of of symptoms and if you have, I think it's like six out of eight to meet their criteria. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can remember, you know, having that feeling like, yeah, I agree with that too. So I thought it was a, you know, I I feel like he was already diagnosing me with it, but he wanted me to sort of um, agree with it. Mm -hmm. I also think he told me probably to uh, look it up because maybe we were running out of time or something. I don't know, but um (laughs) <laughs> but I was like, that's a unique way to do it. I was like, I don't, I don't know how else to get diagnosed. I, mean, I, I guess maybe they have to, they like tell you instead of having you read something. They're like, does this sound like you? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the only thing I can think of is uh, that he had talked to me um, uh, for some time. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, I think you have this. And... um yeah, we talked about it next next session. I was just like, yeah, I read the the symptoms, and yeah, I think that's that's me too. So I don't know what I guess if I had come back and said no, that's not me. I don't know what he would have said. Um, but you know, I'm I'm interested. My my new doctor now, she's only diagnosed me with depression. So um, I'm I'm gonna be interested to see how she diagnosed me. I guess she's not gonna give me any homework to do. She'll just tell me I have BPD by. Um, I, I would think like listening to, you can only tell someone has BPD by listening to them and how they react to emotions in their relationships, you know? So, but I would think it's different mm -hmm. because as we discussed that, you know, some people with time, they are better at either identifying certain things or learning to better react to, uh, to certain scenarios, right? Like, like you do sometimes where you catch yourself thinking in black and white thinking and then you're like, oh no, that's not the right way to think about it or reverse thinking or, you know, um, things like that. So I think for her, with her special challenge would be that she has to look at your whole history and not just where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can... And, oh, it's good. Oh, no, I'm saying I can... I can... I can understand that. I mean, I <laughs> I don't feel like I don't feel like I have anything to prove because I'm like I don't know. It's it's like you know after I read those symptoms, I I felt like I knew myself a little bit more. And after and after seeing those, I was like, oh, this is. I felt like Suzanne. I was just like, I don't know how I feel. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm trying to kill myself. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't even I don't want to kill myself. You know that's why I keep trying to kill myself. Or I'm cutting myself and then, you know, I go up and, and show people that I care about. Because I'm just like, I'm hurting and I don't understand why. But when I saw that, I was like, okay, I, I do understand myself a little bit more. It's because I have a problem with, with my my I, identity and seeing myself 
I totally get that. Black and white thinking, oh man, that is what I do. I make everyone either really good or really bad. Substance abuse, yeah, I do love to, you know, smoke some weed. Um, you know, and I, and, and I kind of thought about what I had done in the past. Um, yeah, it just, it just kind of, you know, blew up in my mind like, oh gosh. But then I could take steps toward finding, you know, that helped me find, uh, you know, DBT, even though it took a little, a little while. Um, it also, uh, helped me find the, the right medicine. But then again, you know, I could have just been depressed and, and anxious. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the worst thing can happen is my, my new doctor could diagnose me with, with something new, which I'm kind of afraid of. Like, oh, oh God, what if I have something else? Like, well, you don't have borderline personality disorder. You just have, um, acute borderline personality disorder. Now, now that's when I'm like, oh God, another one, you know. Um, but if it's like you're borderline, borderline. <laughs> but I feel, I feel really, all I can do is just think back to the symptoms and I feel really confident ab- about it. Mm. Um, well, I, oh, I was going to say really fast, I've seen um, the psychologist that I saw before, um, do you remember when she didn't believe that I had BPD because mm-hmm. it seemed it seemed like, like I you were well put together. Yeah, I was, and then she read out the symptoms to me, and I I told her yes, I have that, and I gave her examples. Um, and that was kind of weird, <laughs> but uh, yeah, go go ahead. Chris. I was gonna say, well, there, there's a lot of symptoms that overlap, you mm-hmm. know. So it could be that maybe it is like a combination of you know a little bit yeah. of borderline, but then it's more acute depression and anxiety. And then that leads to a little some of the other symptoms that kind of cross paths or something. Well, so it's it's. I mean, I, I yeah. can't imagine having to diagnose people. That's a lot. Well, um, it's like Allie, the um, my friend from the Discord room that we had that that episode with. She was diagnosed with I think it's unspecified eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? It was like mm-hmm. unspecified. So it kind of takes a little a little bit from like bulimia and anorexia, but it's not exactly that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I I guess you know I'm I'm happy to have the diagnosis because I know what helped to get. But it it feels like everything is always changing. My medicine has to change because I got too used to it. I have to change a doctor because you know my insurance changed and now my my um, my diagnosis may change because maybe. Um, they don't see BPD in me all the way or um, and we'll have to rename it unspecified borderline idealist. Well, didn't didn't um, your friend, the psychologist, say that sometimes some people can go in remission with mm-hmm. BPD, mm-hmm. that it could kind of get be put mm-hmm. under control? Yeah, and least? that's what uh, DBT can help you do, mm-hmm. uh, make you go into remission. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the entire point of me doing DBT it's because I was diagnosed with BPD. I thought in a in a normal way. I, I guess I haven't really been well, diagnosing with, but I thought I thought it um, it was a normal way, and I I thought the symptoms did fit me like a glove. But if I do find out, you know, I don't have BPD, then maybe I don't need to do DBT. So I guess it'll be in my doctor's best interest to just say, yeah, mm-hmm, you got it. But well, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's going to be like, we did all yeah. this for nothing. So I was just so, um, so certain, but I, well, I think uh, well, the other thing too, is that you have a spotty record of going to a doctor, 
you don't have you haven't been regularly going to a psychologist and psychiatrist either. When like in the past year? Yeah, the past two to three years that we've been together. Yeah. Um, You'll go I, and mm-hmm. then you stop, or then um, you know yeah. we've changed. So it's. I'm but not I, sure how... I think I'm concentrating on the the past mm-hmm. and. You know, during the time when I when I was at college, during the time that I was diagnosed, I also went to the mental hospital, mm-hmm. and they used that that diagnosis to mm-hmm. give me medicine. You know, and then yeah. I was committed three more times. I was also seeing that same psychologist, and I went home uh, to to live with my parents, and I saw a psychologist yeah. there. So I had been seeing psychologists and psychiatrists for a long time, and then they have been agreeing with me um, from from. From what I can see, are using um, their their knowledge of me having BPD to help them, you know, uh, give me steer, right. steer me in the, the right. correct way. I, I well, and I it believe may, it but, may be the case for this doctor too. I mean, we've, you've only mm-hmm. been to one one yeah. session with them, so they don't know you yet, and just wait until they hear all your crazy stories. Well, <laughs> then they'd be like, "Oh yeah, you definitely got BPD." <laughs> Yeah, so at least, you know, we uh, we don't know exactly what Susanna went through and, and all the therapy that she has, but they see all these symptoms in her, and she does too. Mm-hmm. So it looks like she has been um, diagnosed with um, with BPD and that she, she believes that she has, and I just take it when she says, yes, that's me, she's acknowledging, wow, there is something... There's a name for how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I, that's what I can identify. There's a name for what I'm feeling. Um, you know, even if it changes tomorrow, at least, you know, I, I, I can see these symptoms within me. And I think you can too, right, Chris? Like when yeah. you can see these symptoms in me too. Yeah. So there's a name for how I'm feeling. And, and I, I can, can only imagine that sense of like clarity that you have or like the relief at least to know that there's a name to whatever it is that you're having to deal with. Because, you know, having to explain to somebody, I'm feeling something but I can't tell you what it is. Yeah. And it, it, I compare it to me, you know, to coming out gay or like finally saying to myself, yes, I'm gay. Well, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's almost like being gay, but not knowing that you're gay, maybe. Well, right. That's what, that's I, what I, I guess. Mean. Like, oh, okay. Be, you said coming, coming out as gay, like, like, you know that you're gay. It's a secret no, come, and then you're telling no, everybody. No, 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 like coming to the realization that oh, okay. I'm gay. Like when so, so, I was like, well, you know, I, Oh yeah, yeah. You, you literally yourself as you like, literally like didn't think of yourself as gay right, because I didn't really and then you had to kind of, the yeah. term and that sort of thing. So I was like, I, I do I like guys? Yeah, I think I like guys. And it's like, there's I, a name for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I can't describe it, but yeah, I I, I yeah. can almost visualize that coming to terms and visualization of what it is that is going on. So that was that was really nice. Next next clip. Next clip is going to get a little sad, guys, so uh, let's get our tissues out and dive in. Daisy? 
What an idiot. Make it a hearse. And Daisy ran down. She killed herself. 23 Vicker Street. Yes, please hurry. Press your buttons. Now you're taking her. I didn't press shit. She was waiting for an excuse. Come on, pack up. We have to go. Alright? We have to go. Angelina is a hundred percent that bitch. <laughs> like she's man, she's just cold and, and heartless. So uh yeah. this is I believe her name was Daisy, right? Daisy, yes. Uh it it's insinuated that she was having a relationship with her father incest mm-hmm. um so she got out of the mental hospital and he sets her up in a in an apartment she only eats his chickens um that he makes at his uh his deli yeah. i suppose um and so kind of that that kind of thing and uh lisa pushes her the night before sort of says you know we all know that your dad you know is is having sex with you and but what people don't know is that you're enjoying it mm-hmm. and you know, she, you know, Lisa just kind of, um, Daisy just kind of stops at the stairs and, you know, you can tell she's a little hurt by that. She kind of slowly goes up the stairs. Um, and then, you know, the, the next day, you know, you hear Into the World and, you know, if I ever hear that song, I'm not going upstairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not, that's not the song's scary. Uh, and you can tell, you know, when, when Lisa comes upstairs, you can tell by, by both of their reactions who is who has empathy and who doesn't Mm -hmm. and she i mean she does seem like a sociopath she doesn't have any uh she was like oh well whatever yeah yeah i think that i think that she doesn't have any remorse because she doesn't take responsibility for it she's like Mm -hmm. well i just said some stuff i didn't pull the trigger you know i just i just gave her the gun i didn't pull the trigger i just said the truth yeah and of course, you know, she takes her money. Okay, we gotta get out of here. No, no tears, no nothing. Um, Definitely signs of a sociopath. Yeah, I think. And so this is when, I think reality kind of uh, hits Susanna a little bit more about uh, mortality. And I, I'm sure she's seen what, what could have been her, you know, if she had got to that point, if mm-hmm. she had killed herself, if she was. Um, have been pushed to do that. Um, well, the other thing too is that, like, she, um, I believe it was the scene after this where she feels remorse for not standing up to Lisa and the bullying that she did mm-hmm. to Daisy. Like, she, she says, you know, I wish I could have done more. I wish I could have stood up for her. I wanted to, but I couldn't because it was Lisa. And so you can kind of see the difference between Lisa and Susanna in their in their mind their thoughts that one of them thought what they were doing was maybe was hurting another individual the other one didn't see that at all like she didn't recognize the other person as a human being that had feelings and um, and was hurting well there is there's a um, part in the movie where 
uh, one of the girls gets put into solitary because she's she's freaking out about mm-hmm. about something. Something I think something taken away for. Uh, it was the the girl with the scar, mm-hmm. the, the face scar. Emily Moss, uh, Elizabeth Moss from, uh, what's that the Hulu series with the the white, uh, the little hats and then the red, cloaks. Everybody's saying it right now. That's listening, but. But you can't think. Oh, oh my god! T- tales, tale wives, wives tale. No, um, I just thought, maidens. I just thought of it, but I'm just waiting for you. The handmaidens. Tale. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Chris doesn't even know who Brittany Murphy is. Oh, that's her. Like, no, that's not. That's Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss. The girl that killed herself was Brittany Murphy. We okay, seen the chickens. You're confusing me. Okay, so anyway, that that's sad. That's sad. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just like, what are we talking about? We're talking about actors now. Yes. Yeah, so um, oh, oh, yeah. There was a part where she was playing the guitar t- mm-hmm. um, outside of um, solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. I guess nobody's around to hear this, you know. Oh, I think that guy, one of the attendant guys, comes yeah, and he just security guy. falls asleep with them. She's um, Susanna makes out with him for for some reason. Uh, but Susanna does have a heart, you know. You can tell empathy. You know, she plays the song to try to uh, calm her down. Uh, but Lisa is the the polar opposite, you know, the the extreme, uh, where where Susanna has empathy and wants to help people, just like she, you know, expressed remorsing. I want, I wish I would have done something. Um, I'm sure at the time she was thinking, should I do something? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she she always. She always has that that empathy with her, uh, and 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 feeling, you know, feelings. And Lisa does not have any feelings, but mm-hmm. for for herself, and I think getting a thrill, getting a thrill out of life, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, for when they when they run away, it kind of seems like she cares about Susanna, and I think Susanna kind of feels like she's hanging out with a cool girl. You know, they go to a party and stuff. Um, but then she sees, you know, the. I think it's the reality of leaving, not not just leaving the mental house, the the mental hospital, but the reality of not taking care of your secret. I guess you know what what is really really bothering you, really getting to the core of um, your mental illness and trying to work on yourself to make it better. Because Daisy got out of the the mental hospital. Um, maybe prematurely. Um, I mean, her dad said. Well, definitely. Got her the apartment. I I I want to say it seemed like her dad may have had a sway of getting her out of the apartment or something. It like I mean, out of the the mental hospital. It seemed like her dad was definitely abusing her because you know you definitely have manipulated her enough to the point where she was okay with the relationship that she was having with her dad. But it seemed like that relationship started at a very young age where he groomed her to be, you know, his sex toy or whatever. And so that's something that goes way, way back. And what I was going to say was that, um, well, go ahead. No, I was just thinking, I, I, I don't know, um, maybe Daisy was at the age where she was starting to think about this this secret more and actually kind of rationalize it as 
this might be wrong, you know? This is from from this is all I know to this might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Lisa said, you know, you know, I I, I didn't do anything. I just kinda um just like I said, like excuse. pushing her, her buttons and I think, you know, that's kind of alluding to how Daisy may have already already known that prior mm-hmm. or or had always known that but never wanted to admit it to herself. And it seemed like that was the, you know, just like Lisa said, nobody knows that, that, you know, you're having sex with him and you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I don't think that she, I don't think that she really enjoyed the sex with him. It's just all that she knew. And I think the more that she thought about when she thought about that, you know, it's just like, I'm, maybe she felt trapped. I mean, she couldn't even get out in the mental hospital. She was eating her Mm -hmm. dad's um uh chickens uh, her dad was coming to see her she was basically a prisoner uh and that was her only out so i i feel like you know for Susanna, it, it kind of shows what happens when i feel like if daisy had told somebody mm-hmm. her outcome would have been different so yeah. you know if, if you start diving into you know, your secrets or, or a trauma or something mm-hmm. that you're pushing aside that you know is hurting you. I think, I think you know, there's always something mm-hmm. like that, that we, we know that hurts and we just kind of put aside. If you don't address it, mm-hmm. um, it can, it it can, can consume you. you. And if somebody says like a, a little thing, like, oh, go kill yourself, even if they're playing around. Um, Which is a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, sometimes like uh, for the, the trigger warnings, you know, other people have told me, you know, uh, you should have trigger warnings uh, if you're talking about suicide or if you're talking about certain things. Uh, I, I think for me, I don't really need a trigger warning if it's dealing with like mental health or, or we're talking about that kind of stuff. But it does seem like there are certain people that, you know, they don't even want to think about that or bring that into their heads. Sort of like how um, there's a few that just don't want to read the news because it's too bad and it's going to you know, make them depressed. Mm-hmm. So I can respect that, you know, I, I don't even want to think about, you know, suicide right now. I'm already going through a hard time. Um. The only other <laughs> thing I was going to say was that I think with Susanna and Lisa's relationship is that during that during that portion of the movie, it seemed like Lisa cared about Susanna. And that's why Susanna felt comfortable and safe with her because she felt like she was being taken care of like she was being loved so that's why she went along with her and then seeing the way that lisa reacted to this other person when she died kind of jolt her back into think into seeing the real lisa he's like she doesn't really care about me she just this is she just wants the thrill of this and she's not gonna help me well yeah that seems very very bpd you know to see somebody um one way maybe she it was like black and white thinking she saw her as the only person who good, uh, caring. Uh, I mean, I guess not good and caring. It sort of seemed like a popular girl kind of thing. Like she didn't know what. Everybody was attracted to Lisa. Nobody knew why, um, exactly. But I think they, they. I think everybody wanted to be more like Lisa. You know, um, because she you know, let their she yeah. didn't give a fuck. Like, yeah, they wanted to be more like them. Like, oh my gosh, what if I could be like that? And that's when, you know, she finally snaps back into it, you know, I think it's sort of like from the, the, the white thinking, just like, oh, she's okay. I mean, what she's doing is fine. It makes sense to me. She, you know, remember they went to the party, um, and she said that she was going to have sex with that guy. She stole money and ran away and, mm-hmm. you know, Suzanne's okay with that, that kind of stuff. 
you know, she still travel with her. But, you know, when she finally sees something, she's like, you know what? No, that's that's it. I can't do this anymore. I have I have morals, and, and I need to remember that. Mm. And then she kind of looks back and says, oh, why did I do that? But it's just, it's one of those those learning experiences. And I think in BPD, sometimes, sometimes you don't see people exactly how they are. You have to try to take off um, what's called the rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, do you have anything else to say, Chris? No. Why do I have to say at the at the, at the end I don't of know ever, because because I, I, I feel like I say enough. I feel like he got he, nothing. Okay, so we're moving on to the uh, the almost last clip. Uh, this is the one with Whoopi Goldberg is playing the nurse in the um, in the mental hospital. So uh, yeah, let's listen. Let's listen. In. I couldn't stand up to her. A decent person would have done something. Shut her up. Got upstairs. Talk to Daisy. Melvin said you went upstairs. Too late. What would you have said to her? I don't know that I was sorry. That I'll never know what it was like to be her. But I know what it's like to want to die. How it hurts to smile. How you try to fit in when you can't. You hurt yourself on the outside to try to kill the thing on the inside. Susanna, it's all well and good to tell me all this. But you gotta tell some of this to your doctors. How the hell am I supposed to recover when I don't even understand my disease? But you do understand it. You spoke very clearly about it a second ago. But I think what you gotta do is Put it down, put it away, put it in your notebook, but get it out of yourself, away so you can't curl up with it anymore. So this was probably the most deep part of the movie, I thought. Mm, Whoopi should have got that, you know, best supporting actress. She was, <laughs> she was, she was good. There was a, um, there was a part where she was, uh, you know, throwing them in, uh, put her in the, the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And that was a good part in... Um, something else, uh, yeah, she put her in the bathtub and Susanna called her, I think the N-word or something, mm-hmm. like, and made fun of her. her or something. Yeah, and she was just, um, I forgot what she, uh, what she said, but she, you know, she didn't, you know, raise her voice to get mad or anything. Mm-hmm. I think she said that she was disappointed in her or something like that. Right. Um, so, that's, that's what I really liked about her, her nurse character that, I mean, it, it could have been you know, a nurse working there that was abusive or didn't care, but it looks like she had patience. <laughs> mm. And, um, I don't know, somebody calling me the N-word, I'm be like, I'm taking off my badge! <laughs> um, but anyways, back to this scene. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like, it was deep because it was finally vocalizing, you know, um, it was like a realisa- real- realization for the character, right? And and I like how Whoopi was like, but you do understand, like, because you just vocalized it very clearly, right? She, like, she got to the point where she was able to comprehend what was going on, even though she couldn't maybe talk about it in medical terms, but she, she knew that, um, you know, what she said, that she couldn't stand up to Lisa... And she's like, I may not know what it's like to be hurt, what it's like to be Daisy, 
but I know what it's like to want to die. And, um, and also when she says, um, that she understands how, why you would sometimes hurt yourself on the outside to try to kill what's on the inside. So, yeah, that's, that's what I was talking about, you know, her seeing Daisy and I guess uh, kind of understanding, understanding herself a little bit more. I, I see that as when, I mean, I haven't been back to the, uh, the mental hospital since I, I was going in college hmm. and I haven't, you've been close and I haven't, I haven't <laughs> cut myself since I was, uh, like in college. Mm-hmm. Um, now I do get stressed out and I'll, you know, you've seen me like get a knife and I'll press it down and then Chris like gave me back that knife, but I, I don't want to cut myself because I feel like I'm, I made a promise with myself to, to not do that but I had to come but I was very comfortable with doing that before you know cutting myself and just hiding it on my arm just to deal with stuff or uh, just doing doing whatever but when I yeah, when you hurt on the um, hurting yourself on, on the outside to get to the thing on the inside man I mean really just Trying to, it's all about trying to understand yourself. And I think the thing on the inside is, you know, um, I was saying like trauma, what people have done to you, or, or um, maybe even some of the genetics, how you feel like an outcast. I, I like in this part where she says, maybe if I had told her that, she would still, you know, be alive. Um, kind of saying that if if you talk about if you let other people know you know I've I've been through that before or that you have empathy you know that you care and that moment she was no better than Lisa you know because she was quiet and she mm-hmm. she saw that and she said wow I, sh- I you know I should have said something I you know I, I understand it but I think at that time, she wasn't ready to say something. Unfortunately, I think that had to happen for her to understand a, a little bit more. I think if, if something like that was going to happen again, if, if there was another person like Lisa and they said that to her, she would have no problem saying something to the person like, no, you know, I'm going to take care of you, it'll be fine. But she, I think she needed this to happen to her to know how to react in the future to, um, I I, I think also seeing it, you know, uh, helps her see, you know, see death, see suicide and think, think twice about that, you know, think twice about really doing that because that is the end and think about the people that it hurts because it hurt her, you know, it hurt her a lot. And Yeah, her her understanding of her of her illness became more clear to her. I think it's one of those things where, <clears throat> like you said, it's one of those life changing moments. And I do agree that if it if that hadn't happened, if they had woken up and you know and she was fine, uh, she was she would have probably gone off with Lisa, mm-hmm. continued their journey. 
until something else that was big enough that would jolt her. I think is one of those things. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's a, it was a life learning lesson for her, and it did jolt her into sort of a realization of what was going on, and um, it kind of helped her. I think understand herself a little. Mm-hmm. I do like how you said that. Um, I, I think it did bring forth and um, put suicide right in front of her. Like, um, just put a face to it, maybe, or put a, a, an, an emotional attachment to it. Um, because she had, well, we say she had tried to kill herself with, with that, but, um, yeah, it was. It's hard to to just to talk about that scene because it was like, it was very heavily emotionally charged, and then her making coming back to the institution to the hospital and talking to Whoopi's character, the nurse. And it's funny how, as she was talking and she was expressing herself, like finally allowing her herself to feel what she, in expressing vocally what she was feeling inside. Um, it's like, why wasn't whooping my doctor all this time? <laughs> it's just because she was black, right? It, it's the 60s. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, as I was saying, she was like, that, that was the first time that she allowed herself to vocalize what was she feeling inside. And that's all the, the, the doctors have been trying to do while she was there, right? And she inadvertently, like, that's that's the first steps to getting better is to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and then um, acknowledge it, right? And then um, find a way to move forward from it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking uh, if <clears throat> I, I feel like my BPD is... Uh, dang, what was I just thinking about, Chris? My... Um, Gosh, I was just thinking about <laughs> wow. what you say. Um, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, I cannot remember. We'll come back to it. But she I says, did, she, she says, I couldn't stand up to her, referring to Lisa. I don't know what it's. She said, "What?" Well, and then the nurse said, "You know what would you oh, do?" Yeah. And she said, "I don't know. I would have told her. I would have told Daisy. I don't know what it's like to be her, but I know what it's like to want to die." Yeah, this was. I was going to talk about her, um, her understanding um, when when Whoopi's character says that she does understand it because she told her, you know what it is. I I, I feel like the the part that she was telling um, that that Susanna was communicating to Whoopi was that, you know, everybody everybody goes everybody goes through hurt, and that she understands that there's a special kind of hurt, you know, you call it a secret or or tragedy, but there's a special kind of hurt that certain people have, mm. and you feel like you should take it out on yourself. Mm. And you know she understands that pain. Not everybody can, you know. Not everybody has self mutilated or tried to kill themselves. But she's saying, you know, I I understand that. Um, she was able to see it, you know, almost almost tangible by seeing her her hanging there. That could, you know, be her. You know. Uh, so I think just by understanding that there was something inside of her that 
I, oh, the, the part where she said, like, she, she understood it. I think I was thinking, you know, do I feel like I understand my, my BPD? And I guess I would say yes. I mean, sometimes I, uh, I mean, I, I don't understand to the point where I, I can, um, control all the symptoms or all the negative side effects. But I do like what Whoopi's character says about getting it out and writing it down. Mm. Um, when I say, that's what I tell you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and of course, this is this is based on a book. But, you know, art, writing, all that is a, is a great way to... Expression. And yeah. Getting things express out. Express um, it. A, create a world and create a character that faces um, odds like you do. Um, and tell them how you prevail. You know, she, I, I think she, um, Whoopi was almost saying, you know, uh, uh, you know, you should write about, you know, having this hurt inside of you, you know, and it not being able to come out and what you can do moving forward to, uh, to heal, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be with you, but how can you, uh, heal and, and, and manage it mm-hmm. a little bit. So um, that's what I did like about that part. And, you know, she wasn't a therapist, but I think that was a good um, good advice. Yeah. Well, and I know we have to move on to the last final clip here, but before we do, uh, something that was sort of like in, in the beginning of the movie while she was walking through the, um, through the hospital and she saw, you know, the guitar and other instruments and things like that, or people drawing and coloring and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a common misconception that, um, people that are tortured or that are going through, uh, you know, uh, a a lot of hard stuff or people that have mental illness somehow are like better equipped or are like, they're like hidden, hidden gems. More artistic. Right. You know, um, I think I told you like my mom would say it to me. Right. She's like, she's like, oh, that's why you're such a good writer. I'm like, thank you, BPD. <laughs> right. And it's not, and to me, it's like this kind of movie kind of helped illustrate that maybe that it's in reverse. It's not that you're a great artist because you are tor- tortured or because you have a mental illness. It is because you have some a mental illness or you're being tortured. Art is the only thing that you can do to express it, and like she's like uh, Whoopi's character says, is the only way to express it to let it out of you, so that it doesn't fester inside and kind of you sleep with it, like she said, you know, curled up with it, which is like a very nice um, visual um, aid that she she did there. I but. mean, she could you know Whoopi could have said you know you should exercise or you know punch your pillow or you know, but <laughs> sure, art, okay. Well, I mean, we have art therapy now, you know? I mean, it's the very, it's a great way to express yourself and express whatever it is that's inside that you can't vocalize, you can't maybe verbalize. It's hard to do because either we don't have the right words for it or it's just so hard to do. I just feel as if people with, with mental illness have a unique outlook than other people that don't and, and never have experienced... Um, prolonged depression, major depression, or um, anxiety all their life. And I, I think that's where it, it comes to where they're, they're more creative. You know, I think that they are able, um, maybe able to, to get their stories, um, you know, because every story start, uh, goes with a, a conflict and then a resolution. Um, and, and I think that 
you know, they're, they're able to turn that conflict in, into, uh, I guess, I, you know, I guess see it in, in a different way. Uh, right. then, then, the, you know, a conflict, uh, a conflict of the mind, um, that somebody else may, may not understand. So well, maybe it's just their, their outlook. Different experiences provide you different perspectives. So in a way, yes. But at the same time, it's not, you know, just because someone is tortured or have BPD doesn't mean they're going to be a great artist, visual artist, or they're going to be a great uh, writer or comic or something Oh, like thanks, that. Chris. Okay, well, so, so my mom's wrong. Don't get your hopes up. It's so, never going to so happen. You call my mom the one with Fantastica. She's a liar. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying that art form is a great way of expression. And so who are the people that need to express the most? The people who are troubled. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's move on to the the last clip and finish up here. Uh, This is Susanna uh, with uh, Dr. Wick. What's Dr. Wick, I believe? Sure. The lesbo doctor. (laughs) We don't know. But um, yeah, let's listen to this last clip. Chris Hick Locus, quae regia, quae mundis plaga, what world is this? What shores of what worlds? It's a very big question you're faced with, Susanna. The choice of your life. How much will you indulge in your flaws? What are your flaws? Are they flaws? If you embrace them, will you commit yourself to hospital for life? Big questions, big decisions. Not surprising you profess carelessness about them. Is that it? For now. So this clip actually comes before the last clip with Whoopi, that was um, kind of like the ending, close to the end, I believe. Uh, after um, after that, Susanna gets out of the, the hospital. But in, in this clip, the, the doctor, you know, says uh, some Harry Potter spell that only Chris understands, because uh, it's in Latin, and, you know, what world is this? I think she says, in what shores, what castle, or, or something. But um, she asked Susanna about her flaws, uh, if she will, indulge, will indulge. Yeah, indulge in them. Um, and if you embrace them, will you become a lifer, basically? Um, if you, it's sort of uh, like, like Lisa, if you... Challenging in, Lisa's yeah, assertion. If you, if you, yeah, if you, she's anti-Lisa. If you do embrace all these flaws, then you commit yourself, you know, to the hospital because you're, you'll end up going back there or, you know, I'm sure she didn't want to say, or you may, you know, die, you know, or you may kill yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, I think it's interesting. Um, it's a, it's a good part because we... Uh, I think she sees that doctor two times. And this is the first time that I think we've seen her in therapy. And I think this doctor leaves her with a lot of questions to ask herself. Um, so that when she goes... Um, is this after she goes out with, with Lisa um, to the, the hospital? Yes. Uh, I mean, to the 
the apartment when she comes back. Yes. Okay, so this is this when she comes back. Uh, it just sort of helps Susanna to think, yeah, to challenge Lisa and to also think about the the destructive things that she does, the self-destructive things that she does. And if she wants to put in the energy to to heal and, um, and, and get better, or if she wants to just stay this way and continuously um, be put into to a mental hospital. Uh, and then she's like, well, I see, you know, these are really big decisions. I see why you're so careless about them. <laughs> mm. um, I don't know. I don't know if she was, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if she was careless. Maybe she 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 was a little bit. She she was a little defensive about her her mental illness. I, I don't think that she really believed that she had anything wrong with her. Um, maybe just questioning it all the time. That's what I kind of got from from Suzanne. I guess questioning all the time, even when she says that she she does recognize those those symptoms. I guess she's looking for how does she. Um, how does she go forward? Mm. I think even before, just before this scene, they talked about um, some words. Do you remember that? And Susanna says that she's ambivalent, mm-hmm. and um, she's like, "Yeah, that's my word." You right? No, I think she says. I, I thought she said that she's not that. She says, "Oh, I think it's the perfect word for you." Right. Well, she said. Um, well, she said she was ambivalent, and then. She, she, and then the doctor was like, do you even know what that means? And she read the definition. Mm, yeah, She's like, yeah. oh, well, I meant another word. She's like, no, <laughs> that is the perfect word for you. What's um, ambivalent mean? And where you have a mixed feelings of like... Um, what you should do or what you shouldn't. Right. Um, a, a, uh, I guess you're... Are you indifferent? Yes. Or I guess, mixed feelings or contradictory ideas. Is about it strong? Something or is it someone. strong feelings? Like strong mixed. No, feelings? just having mixed feelings. Well, I'm gonna say strong. Okay. 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 You're reading from Whatever the Webster. This, this, the, this the Ogeny dictionary. Okay. I don't so, know what Webster's saying. That was um, <laughs> that was a little comical because without her knowing, she's <laughs> she's reinforcing you know what she has. Um, and I think. And I think it's less about her being um, uh, kind of empathetic, imp- uh, apathetic about. Is that the right word? What are you trying to say? Um, <laughs> where she doesn't care, like she's like, um, you know, big decisions. So I can see why you don't want to. Um, <laughs> you don't want to, you know, address them. I think it's more. Be- I think it's more of a. I I would think it's more of a feeling of being overwhelmed, about what all the implications mean, and you know, she's if she's trying to figure out whether what Lisa's telling her is true, or what the doctor is telling her is true. You know, it's like well, we, I've already seen what Lisa's road is like. Um, I haven't really explored what the doctor's road is like. Yeah, and that's what I. I think the doctor is saying, you know. I can see why you don't you don't care about it, you know, too much. Um, sort of, sort of as uh, what's that called? Um, when you you say something to make somebody think something else, uh, reverse. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Reverse psychology. Psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that. Um, sort of like that because I think, I think it kind of makes her think. But I do care. 
mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> well, right, <laughs> you know? right after that scene, it goes into like a little mini um, sequence of where she's just kind of uh, being like down. You know, she goes through where she says, I just want to rest for a while. And then Whoopi's like, you're late. You're being lazy. You're self-indulgent and you're throwing it all away. You know, like she's just it kind of like feels like she's given up, you know, like she doesn't really she's like, I don't care. This is too much. Um, kind of giving up on herself. And then. Um, and then something else clicks at another part. Another part of it is like when Lisa comes back in and she's talking to Lisa and then Lisa's like, they gave me shocks again, Jamie. Addressing Susanna. Um, yeah, so that's Jamie, the old person. That yeah, was the there. girl that uh, she was there before she ran away, right. and then when she came back, had killed herself. So I mean, that just also points out how much of a lifer she is. Like the last, the next person that comes in is going to be a Susanna. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they did it to me, Susanna. You know, she probably does it all the time because she just gets used to to all those people and and being there. But, you know, everything that happens to Susanna uh, during this, this stay at the hospital, I feel like really affects her, uh, especially the, the climax, um, which you don't have the clip of. But, you know, there's a climax where uh, I think Lisa's calling her name or something, or they're chasing her. I think well, they're chasing they, her. they stole her diary mm-hmm. that she's been writing oh, yeah, after, yeah. All, after this series of events here. She's, she's taking to writing down her feelings and think, her thoughts and like, how she felt about everybody. Right, and just getting it all out, like, you know, a certain nurse recommended. And then, but so she didn't they, tell her to lock her diary. <laughs> okay. Right. So they stole her diary and then they're like going through the underground of the, of the, yeah, Lisa, the hallways. Of Lisa's like the, reading, the reading it out loud and, uh, and then she turns like, she's trying to find her. And her. reads a little bit of everybody that all the characters that we've met and sort of basically saying, you know, well, she's a uh, this and she's a that and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it's all just, you know, her own. They're like, it's a very personal feelings. You know, sometimes you get these feelings, you don't understand why or how and you just kind of get it out there. But you don't really intend to tell the person because it's not. You don't understand why you're getting those feelings. It's just something that happens and then it passes. Like, but you still care about the person. Also, during this time, um, when Suzanne's trying to find, are, are they underground or in a basement? I think they're in a basement, but they're unsupervised. It, they're, I think there are pipes around or something, but they're just. It's like, hall, it's like underground hallways that, like, yeah. I mean, horrible. There were hallways, but they Horrible yeah. supervision. <laughs> um,. <clears throat> But yeah, I, I feel like Lisa, during that time, was jealous of Susanna. I believe Susanna stopped hanging out with Lisa and started focusing more. They had the montage, I believe, where she was kind of working on her on her mental health a little yeah. bit more. She went to go see uh, the doctor again and was more responsive. And that's when Lisa started picking at her again. I think it's because she's jealous. Lisa's jealous of people, quote-unquote, getting better and getting out. I think that's really what Lisa wants. She does want to get better. And she does want to get out and live her own life. I mean, why else is she trying to escape and running away? But, you know, I think that she, she almost doesn't understand why she why she wants to come back either. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much about about Lisa she, she probably doesn't get because she consciously made the decision to not open up to the doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, she knows what 
the, the, the gist of psychology is, that you have to tell them stuff, um, that you should tell them the truth, and then you can get out. But she's just like, no, I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm not going to try to get better. Um, but I think she's jealous of Susanna because Susanna went from, you know, being the new girl to, you know, uh, you know, a little bit better. So she tried to turn everyone against her. Yeah. And I mean, I, I thought Susanna was going to die for a second. I was like, well, this is it. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, you're probably going to have to help me with this. I, I forgot. Lisa's like yelling at Susanna. Mm-hmm. Um, and Susanna like, shouts a realization to her. And yeah, I, she's trying to basically tear her down, like bring her back mm-hmm. to to like this is who you are. Yeah, you have BPD and you always have BPD, and you know that's who you are. And um, Susanna is like, no, that's not who I am. That's what I have, but I'm more than that. And then and she, then she flips it on on Lisa, and she's like. You're the one who is messed up because um, you you keep coming back here. Why? It's because um, I can't even remember what she said. But yet she flipped the script and she told her her, her she told her her truth as to why she keeps avoiding therapy and and actually going through the process. Mm-hmm. She of, read her. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> she read her. You know, reading you wanna, in the basement. You want to be read. <laughs> and that stopped Lisa dead in her tracks. And, and then they all got sad and laid on each other's shoulders until, I guess, some people came and, and got them out of that place. But it was like a little slumber party thing. and <laughs> uh, But Susanna ends up getting out and saying that she so oh, oh yeah oh, I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. I, I actually have it here in my notes oh, she oh. said you need this place to feel alive and needed she said Susanna said this to Lisa mm-hmm. uh, and let's see the world may not be filled with stupid liars but rather be okay the world may be filled with stupid liars but I'd rather be in it and, and Lisa rejects the treatment um no no medication and she's compulsive and controlling and ends up tied to her bed yeah but even when when she gets tied to her bed Susanna comes in and, and paints her nails with um, her favorite uh, nail polish and I like to think that Susanna got through to Lisa a little bit At the end. you know um, Susanna leaves again in the same taxi that she came in the, the beginning. The guy's mm-hmm. like, hey, don't I know you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she says, like, some some of those girls she saw again, some of them never again, but, you know, they all hold a special place in her heart. Mm-hmm. I like to think that um, Lisa finally meeting Susanna and seeing somebody not only, you know, work on themselves and and, and try to get better... Uh, but also uh, tell her the truth about herself and at the same time, you know, uh, care about her. Mm-hmm. You know, still care about her. Mm-hmm. And saying, you know, you're you're worthy to be alive, you know, even painting her, her nails while she's tied down to bed. You're worthy to be alive. You're worthy to feel beautiful. Um, well, that's the ultimate, I, uh, the ultimate um, way of showing someone you care and love them, right? To, yeah. To be honest and tell them the truth. Even if it hurts sometimes. Yeah. And I, I, I like to think that, you know, Lisa 
would have opened up a little bit more in therapy and done something different. Maybe that, you know, that was the, the thing that she needed um, to finally stop this runaround. Because I really feel like she wanted to get out, but um, it, 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 she's ambivalent, I guess. I don't know. She's, she's just kind of in between. And, you know, Susanna decided to make a choice and and uh, go yeah. forward and write a book about her her, her life at the, the hospital and make it into girl interrupt. Well, I wrote here, one of my last notes here was that um, Susanna at first was was following Lisa's path, um, you know, with mm-hmm. with rejecting medication and not really being honest with therapists, mm-hmm. things like that. Then, you know, we had the cataclysm with the, the climax of, Susanna, not Susanna, Daisy mm-hmm. dying, and that was a catalyst for uh, for Lisa. I'm, I'm sorry, for Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> so she changes path. She stops following Lisa. She becomes better. And in, and I have here, um, crazy doesn't mean broken. So it, because even though even if you have a mental illness or that something it's that you're struggling with, it doesn't mean you're broken and you give up on life, and and you stop trying. Another important point is it's it's up to you to get better. You know, like, Susanna had to make that choice for herself. Mm-hmm. And, have, oh, God, no. Chris has so many notes. <laughs> he has three pages of notes. I have another note here <laughs> where it's like, um, uh, well, go ahead. Finish I, your find the, I don't even know what I was talking about, Chris. <laughs> Um, she, yeah, it's up to you to feel to, yeah it's up to you to uh, like when she was with the doctor and the doctor was saying that she was uh, careless about you know uh, finding out what's wrong with her um, that was mainly Lisa Lisa didn't really care about exactly what was going on with her we knew mm-hmm. that she was sociopath but I think she, that she became really comfortable with her symptoms mm-hmm. and you know the doctor was saying either you can be really comfortable with your, your symptoms and let them control you and be and this, you know, you can end up in so many other places, but the mental hospital, you can end up in jail, homeless, all kinds of stuff. At home with her, her parents for the rest of her life, mm-hmm. you know. Or, you know, you can make the decision to, to do this. Mm-hmm. But it's basically saying, you know, nobody can uh, understand your mind and uh, help you to, to manage your mind better than you can. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say here was that my other note that I found was when she was talking to Dorothy, who was uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character, the nurse, you know, after uh, she told her about um, about getting it out of herself, uh, all the emotions through other ways, other means. Um, and as she says, um, when you don't want to feel, death seems like a dream, you know? Mm. The, um, and then Dorothy... You know, and Lisa was like, well, why didn't, you know, why didn't you tell me this about this earlier, you know, when I first came? And Dorothy says, well, you wouldn't have believed me. You have to learn it for yourself. <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, it's kind of comedic, but also very true. Yeah. At certain points of your life, you're not going to listen to people and you kind of have to walk through that path on your own. Yeah, you have to, you see, that's what I was saying about, you know, when I was going to the mental hospital and, and cutting myself before, I haven't. You know, I haven't been down that way in, in a little time, even though I went multiple times, because I I think I finally got it through my head, like, that's that's not somewhere I want to be. I don't want it to get that bad. And if it does get that bad, I need to, to reach out to 
you know, my family or, or somebody that loves me and, and help myself get back up. Because it's really easy for me to get into that depression, really get into that sadness and stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be one of those people that are just always going back. Like I said, um, there were always people that were always at the mental hospital when I went there. And I'd be like, oh, you're here again? Yeah, yeah, I'm back. You know, they, they know the nurses and stuff. They live in the area. Um, pretty much live there. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. But if you make the decision, I'm not saying that I, I won't go back uh, ever again or I won't cut myself, but there's a, there's a smaller percentage chance of, of, of that. Yeah, that um, Yeah, because I, I know myself better and I made the decision instead of being like, you know, I don't know what's going on with me or I don't care what's going on with me or I just won't deal with it. I said, I need to actively work at this mm-hmm. so girl interrupted Chris do you want to tell them our rating yes so I this movie I let me just preface by saying this was um, a better movie than I thought it would be <laughs> like I I don't know I just I don't know why I haven't watched it before this but um you know it's one of those things um but it, it was a movie, a, a lot better movie than I thought it would be, especially you know knowing a little bit more about BPD through our relationship and and, and getting to know you. Who has and, BPD in our relationship? Um, the cat. The cat. Oh, Luna. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she. So it was interesting to see a character being portrayed on the film and seeing how that contrasts with what I know your experiences have have been, and. Um, so it was really, it was a really nice movie. Um, there was a lot of really um, interesting parts that people can learn from, from, and get inspiration from. Um, so I, I think overall it was a good, solid movie. I would definitely recommend it to someone, um, especially if you're interested in knowing about. I mean, it doesn't really dive into all of BPD and or mental illness in general. It, of course, it's very limited to the person's you know experience. Um, this movie was from a book um, from what was her name? Susanna. Susanna. Uh, the The main character was actually the, the right, adult. and she wrote. She went through. She had BPD, and she went through mental hospital. She went to the mental hospital mm-hmm. for two years. After that, she wrote this this book about her experience there. So it is limited in scope. But she took Whoopi's advice. <laughs> <laughs> you can extrapolate a lot from it. So I would give this, um, let's see, an A minus, B plus rating. Um, wow, I thought you said B. Uh, so I, I'm gonna stick with with B plus for my B rating. B plus, yeah. Oh, oh. So, uh, I said between. Oh uh, yeah, A I, or B. Okay, I'm so ambivalent. Jeez, okay. <laughs> oh, A minus, like uh, oh, I'm sorry, negative, negative A, N- negative A. The least minus is definitely a, a B plus. A minus, A negative, um, A to the second power. Uh, I would say B plus. The, I feel like the the supporting character Angelina Jolie definitely stole, the the film. Like you said, that's probably all you know about the film or. Um, have heard, heard about, about yeah. yeah. Um, so Susanna was kind of took a backseat because you know Angelina's uh, performance was so strong and her character was 
uh, crazy person. Really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of the, the opposite of, of Susanna. I, I feel like they didn't go enough into certain things. And maybe it was because the, the time, uh, uh, was limited. Like, I feel like, I feel like we, we only got to see like maybe two of her therapy sessions or something. Mm-hmm. And that was later on with the, the woman, um, the, the doctor, I mean, we saw her taking medicine, uh, with her parents. What did she learn there in therapy to get her out of the hospital? Or did she just... Um, well, that's the uh, sort of details that they kind of gloss over, you know? They sort of they hit the, the highlights um, of the catalyst that changed her, her, her... The way that she was reacting to therapy. Instead of following Lisa's path, what happened and made her change path? But they don't go into the, like some of the details about the, what kind of therapy she was doing. Um, I, I guess in the towards the end where she starts writing things down and kind of psychoanalyzing herself and her thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's the only really time to, that you kind of see that. Um, but the other part is like a lot of character development and sort of like just things that happen that kind of create a backdrop. Yeah, it seemed... It- it seemed like in the beginning when they were doing the time jumps, they were, uh, were I, I mean, I've never had time jumps in BPD, so I didn't really know what symptom they were talking about. I, I would think about maybe like daydreaming or um, well, disillusion with something or, or uh, uh, just being kind of spaced out. Did you feel like that when you were like heavily drinking in college? Did you ever feel like that? Where I didn't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> where you would like have blackout moments? No, not not really. I I I don't black out when I drink, Chris. Mm. I'm sorry, my metabolism is high. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I did. I did drink a lot, um, but I don't. I can't remember like any any like real blackouts. Oh, I guess so crashing. You can't remember then. Those are blackout yeah, I guess moments. So. I mean, I can remember like <laughs> crashing, just like getting home, and like oh. Uh, but yeah, I wish you. What 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 exactly is missing? I think what. I feel like it was it was the situation that happened that propelled her to make a change in her life, and then once she left the hospital, she was better because she had met all those people, and that had changed her life, which I think is 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 okay and makes sense. But I maybe I just feel like so. How are you going to continue? You know, you still have you still have BPD. How are you going to go go on? But maybe. Well, that's one of my notes that I have here. <laughs> a recovered borderline. What is it? What does it mean? Yeah, she says she's a recovered... Um, yeah, she says that, right? In the, in the yeah. movie that she's mm-hmm. recovered borderline. So it sounds like it went into remission somehow by her by her doing mind over matter. That's what it seems like to me. Therapy um, therapy and mind over matter. Her make her having the determination to, to look at herself, be introspective, and... Maybe it was a form of uh, DVT therapy before it was actually flushed out. Yeah, CBT. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just feel like it's 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 missing. You wish you would have seen a little there. bit more of the gritty um, therapy sessions or something like that. 
Or I guess, maybe a like, little bit more of the progression that she had in her mind. Yeah. I guess there's, it, it just feels, that's what I'm saying, it just it, feels B+, plus because it feels, like you were saying, it's a movie that you watch once, and you're like, okay, watched it, you know, and put it back it, on the shelf. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I really enjoyed it, and it was nice, it's been nice talking about it, and kind of talking about the characters, and the plot, and the motivation, and all that stuff. But then, you just like, it doesn't motivate me, at least for now, to see it again, you know? Whereas to another movie like What Dreams May Come, where it talks about suicide and uh, and depression, that's a movie that I, I can't vocalize why or right now in the moment, but it makes me want to see it again. Well, it sounds like you have an uh, emotional connection to it maybe, maybe because it makes it. you care about it makes you care about the characters, which a, a story is supposed to yeah. do. Even if the character is evil, you kind of want to care about them a little bit. Yeah, and but I. We don't, um, I do I do care a little bit about the character, but, I but don't it wasn't feel, that much. Yeah, I don't feel invested in Susanna. She's actually kind of a forgettable character because you think of Angelina every time, right? It, it, and maybe it, it she was... almost gets... Yeah, go on. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying she, she, um, <laughs> she kind of gets, uh, you know, glossed over a little bit. And maybe it's... And maybe it's the... It's kind of like, um, unfortunately, the kind of like... What do you call it? Where... You're more interested in like chaos or you know the 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 dumpster burning in the background than you are you know like maybe a beautiful flower. What's that called? Juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. When you juxtapose something. Yeah, yeah, juxtapose. Uh Is that what it is when you're when something's in front of you and there's something in back? No, juxtaposing is when you put two two things to compare, like to contrast. Oh, okay. So what's it what's it called when like uh when like. Are you saying like your your attention's at something like the dancing pandas in the back or something? You're not seeing that? Is that what you're saying? No, I was just kind of alluding to what that we're naturally more attracted or we like we're more we pay more attention to something that's like chaotic or that it's more grandiose. So we're so, so we're paying attention more to Lisa because she's the one that's kind of spiraling. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. <laughs> kind of like with Britney Spears when she was spiraling, you know, all the media that was on her because people were obsessed with that, you know, instead of maybe Christina Aguilera who was like, you know, struggling with ident- her identity but was still moving forward in a progressive way, you know, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's have you ever seen the uh the the video of the the person that's standing and talking to you and there's a dancing panda yes, in the back yes, yes. and then it says you know did you see the dancing panda yes. and you didn't mm-hmm. so that's what I was, I was talking about sort of like you know you see Susanna I um, mean you see uh I think that's what, you, what you're talking about too you see uh Lisa but you're not paying too much attention to Susanna okay maybe that's not what you're saying I don't I don't I, I don't guess, know yeah, no, it is <laughs> kind of you're saying like you're paying well I think no it is you're, you're paying attention to something more than something else. I, I, right? Yeah. Is that is that where we're going, yes. Chris? Can okay. we yes. can we agree on that? So B plus is it a good movie? Would yeah, you recommend it? To pretty good. Else? Yeah, if you have borderline personality disorder, I would say you know, or any mental illness, or ever been to a mental hospital, you can kind of you know look at it and and feel like oh you know there were some times I was like hmm I've I've kind of felt that way, uh, been there. It just reminds me of my my first time getting diagnosed and. All those, all those early years kind of condensed into all, mm. and then her leaving the hospital, you know, kind of feels like me being out here, you know, after all these years, I'm still struggling, mm-hmm. but I, I understand myself a little bit better. Mm. So yeah, B plus, I would definitely, 
um, watch it again in five years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would watch it again, too. And, uh, yeah, we've gone way over time than what we initially wanted to, but that's okay because, you know, we love you and we love talking about this film. It was really fun. It it was really nice to see. Um, And we hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and um, the movie definitely... I was going to say, you recommended it for people who have BPD and have been to, be ment- to a mental hospital, but I would say even if you don't have it, if you haven't experienced that, because it gives you perspective on something else that you may not be familiar with, you know? So, anyways, that's all from me. Alright, guys. Until next. Uh, until next time, but I... Have we decided on our next movie? I want to do Joker as one of the movies. I want to do What Dreams May Come. <laughs> oh, God. I think that's what we're going to do next. So if you haven't seen it, Actually, go yes. So you pick this one. So I'll pick the next one and we'll go back and forth. Actually, you picked this one because it was on your DVD. No, it's a DVD you that you had. It. It so may have been you picked my... it before me. No, but you selected it. Okay. See, that's, that doesn't make no sense. I have What Dreams May Come too. Okay. So let's watch Robin Williams and, mm. and cry and miss him and... Uh, you know, you guys, you know, if you haven't seen that movie, try to see it and we'll talk about it next month. Yeah. On our Borderline Idealist movie night. All see right. Bye bye.